Hi, my name is Chanel Howell and welcome to my podcast about all things tea. In this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to tea enthusiasts like myself, tea business owners. Uh, We're going to have a talk about tea culture, tea origins, the medicinal benefits of herbal teas and the wider tea community. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first show of 2021. I hope all you tea heads had a nice Christmas and New Year break and are looking forward to listening to some interesting upcoming tea interviews that I have this year. On today's show, I have Marcel Karsha from Tea Log. Marcel is a tea logger, blogger, photographer, tea educator, and ceramicist based in Munich. We had a nice talk about all things tea and ceramics. So enjoy the interview. So I wanted to ask how you got into tea, Marcel. What was the catalyst that got you in this relationship I mean, basically, the I found randomly a tea in my my mom's cupboard in, in the kitchen, and I think it's it was a gift from a friend of us who lives actually in Switzerland, and he he traveled to China a lot because of business, so he always got these like Chinese tea gifts because in China it's like you know gift a, a bottle of wine in Europe is like gifting tea in China, and he got this um, yeah rather rare tea. Uh, a green tea um, Taiping Ho Kui and it's called also like the, the the monkey king tea if you if you want to translate it in English <laughs> and it's it's a very special tea because it's very long leaves and yeah I mean this was just like 30 grams or something of this tea and uh, and I think it was already probably quite old when I tried it I mean it was not like the freshest green tea because it was sitting probably in some shelves for a few a few months, not if not years. But but I was so amazed by that tea. I think it was at a time where I wrote my bachelor thesis, like ten years ago, and and it's uh, since then I'm like, I was starting to search for this tea online and asking some friends of mine who who studied um, uh, sinology or who who were into. Uh, Chinese language and who could translate the characters for me because there was nothing on English on this, this tea can so yeah did you like the tea was it good yeah the tea was really amazing it had these like very strong aftertaste and the more I was drinking of it I I, I felt like wow it's like you know it's just staying in my in my, in my mouth so long the taste so I was like I have to get more of this because <laughs> yeah and I wasn't even using any good water or anything, you know, like I was using the normal Munich tap water, which was mm-hmm. quite chalky and yeah. Yeah, probably wasn't brewed properly, maybe. No, I think I brewed it probably quite hot. But this, the good thing about this green tea, you can brew it actually very hot and it still turns out um, quite good. It's a very light green tea. So that's, this is, it's a bit like, you know, you, you, you drank like, red wine like all your life and then for the first time you try like a white wine and you're amazed oh this is also wine in some sense and and i think in that sense it's a bit like when you try a really good green tea for the first time in your life it's it can amaze you 
quite a lot mm-hmm. or maybe some udon or something yeah it's true i've tried many green teas but a good one it does change you mm. yeah that's good so what's special about you marcel is that you actually are a potter or ceramicist as well mm-hmm. so that's a really interesting um talent you have you actually make your own pots too yeah i mean it does this came after tea but i mean it, it came at the same time basically <laughs> i got really um interested in in teaware first and then i started to like oh you know like it's something i can do here which is related to to tea but um so was it an intentional thing or, or you how did yeah, it come it was about? It, it was really intentional i mean i i basically signed up for one first course in like some um uh, neighborhood like open open workshop thingy like it's it's a place where which is funded by the city of munich and you can just do courses there so i signed up for for one course on one weekend and and then i just stick to it even though it was very frustrating in the beginning i mean it's, it's a very um it was a very long journey because you have to like keep on practicing mm-hmm. a lot it, it can be very frustrating in the beginning mm. and then and then afterwards it became also a big trend i think the last yeah almost five years or maybe three to five years doing um like pottery is a, is a big trend in the kind of like you know you could say it's like yoga tea mm-hmm. and pottery is like the <laughs> the relaxing okay. trends of the new age and i think that pottery is, is is a big um is a much bigger thing now than it was then so did you intend on making teapots or do you just want to just learn pottery or you intended to do teapots and, and make your own teaware no i think it was really related to the tea um, mm. um fanatism i could say at the time maybe even um, that i wanted to yeah to to learn about the craft behind the, the teapots i mean i never had the idea that i could create the same style as people in japan or china yeah but um because it's just a different material and so on but at the same time i was eager to to first of all do like maybe some cha ones like um bigger bowls for matcha and then become smaller and smaller and i think that's it's a big difference between the things um western like potters do is like a lot of coffee mugs and big bowls and so on and and i was always like one scale smaller because mm-hmm. a lot of the teapots are quite intricate yeah exactly so and it's more about the details because, like, mm. um, what's very important for me is the foot of the of the, the cups or the pieces I make. So there's two steps in making ceramics: is throwing and then trimming. And the trimming part is like uh, where I focus on a lot and spend a lot of time. And then that point, you can really define the foot and create a bit more a stylistic form in total of this um, the vessel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you actually sell your potteries or your your, your art on your website. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, it's some kind of a side business now. Um, I've been producing uh, things for quite some time, and now since since I had a small sabbatical where I was traveling a lot, also tea related, I started to have a, a routine about going to my uh, my studio, which I'm just like uh, renting for a few days a month and I'm going there twice a week and have a real routine and then now I have like a, a constant output let's say it like that I've seen that your latest um, your latest stuff is all sold out online yeah I mean it's I, I just do it in releases so 
um, people wait a long time until they get access and then it's sold out very quickly um, because I just do it like on a on a mailing list base because okay. I don't I also don't want to run an online shop in a common sense um, I think it's a very common format for these makers mm. especially if it's just your side business and not your Yes, yes. So you also do exclusive tea wears with uh, also other artists as well? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's something which got delayed because of Corona right now. Um, basically, I, I I had plans to go to Japan this year. Uh, and uh, wow. I'm already in contact with some Chinese artists, which I met in 2019 and 18 when I was traveling there. And yeah, I'm I'm just just about to 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 order some stuff in a like a bit more so that I can give access to people all over the world through my Instagram. Um, yeah, but I I would like to travel personally and um, meet the artists. I know a few artists in Japan, but there's always this language barrier. So um, yeah, it's it's hard to just order something yes. and say hey, I want this. And I think I'm very picky about this kinds of styles I want to also order and sell. So I would prefer to travel myself to Japan. Maybe it's it's possible this year. Who knows? You never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to stay optimistic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. About this stuff. Yeah, but at least, at least you can make your own stuff. You know, if it doesn't happen, you can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have a, a steady um, routine about my own pottery, but um, I get a lot of questions on my Instagram about, oh, where did you get this pot from? Where did you get this kyusu or this Because they're beautiful. From? They're really lovely. Yeah. And I'm, I always have to say, oh, I was personally there a few years ago in Japan. I bought it there and I bought it in China. And I, I kind of have to disappoint people often because they think, ah, I can buy it somewhere online. Yeah. And I think that's that's what the the problem I want to solve with this idea. So um, you did a sabbatical, nine month sabbatical, tea sabbatical. What was the idea behind that? Did you um, want to travel to especially tea places, or was it just a random thing, or how did it come about? Yeah, I think it was it was after I was working in in business consulting for three years, so. I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a break um, and think about my future in a different way. And I thought, okay, like just having a break and, and just traveling or something is also a bit boring. So I decided to consciously dedicate my time to, to learning things. So I had a, a phase where I was staying home in Munich, but I was concentrating on my own pottery. So I was um, going like at least two full days a week and doing my pottery to improve my skills. This was basically the the phase where I uh, refined yeah. the skill to now be able to sell my, my wares. And and then I spent, yeah, eight, nine months in, in Asia. Uh, I started in India because I have a, like a few friends there. I spent like a few months in, in India before in 2011 um, as a exchange semester exchange student so where in india were you um that time i was in bangalore in 2011 but this okay. time i spent some time in a in a pottery studio it's called clay fingers and i was kind of like their yeah intern slash um visiting artist um 
basically producing um, whatever I wanted, like and and I, I um, they kept the stuff, but I was basically staying there for free. So this is the it was a great deal for me, and it was a great time because um, I could focus on that and also yeah have a different routine than being at home. Mm-hmm. Did you get to make any chai clay teapots? <laughs> uh, actually, the chai tea clay, clay pots are a diff- bit different. I mean, un- uh, unfortunately, in India, they are like... Yeah, they throw them away, don't they, after they've drunk them, yeah. Exactly, so they're one, one use, and they're like fired in a low temperature. But actually, they there's a lot of traditional crafts in India, um, about, like they're not so durable, the things, mm-hmm. because they're mostly made of terracotta. But I think they make great cooking wear and... Things like that. So um, I got introduced in, in a few techniques um, there. We also mm-hmm. use um, smoke and oil to like kind of refine the pieces because um, yeah they they're not fired so high, so you have to um, prevent water from penetrating. So there's a few interesting techniques. Yeah, and then after after India, I basically had I had always had this idea I want to do this kind of slow traveling. Um, in the sense that I want to travel by road um, from India to China. And the the reason for that is, is basically tea, because tea is the naturally growing in northeast India, in, in Assam. The best tea. I love Assam tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, it's, uh, the Assam tea is like the... Um, it's one of the most interesting experiences I had on a trip because there's one village where apparently they found the Assamica plant. And um, there's also a way of tea they make there, which is the actual original style which the tribal people used to make. And it's actually more similar to in China and Yunnan. So, I mean, you have these two big powers, India and China, but there's a massive belt of kind of, yeah, non-mainstream cultures, which are not Indian or... Not, not, not like the plain people, but the hill tribe people. And the hill tribe people, they had their own traditions. And they're quite similar. And the different edges of the Himalayan um, plateau, they're quite similar. So the tribes in northeast India, they're a bit similar to the tribes in Yunnan. And they, they also related in some sense. So mm-hmm. that was kind of also the goal behind this, this, this part of the trip, to experience this kind of culture. And do you have any uh, favorite places or specific teas that you really loved on your journey mm, i mean there was i mean tea wise uh i guess i'm sure it's a stupid question because they've got loads of nice teas <laughs> yeah everything is great <laughs> i mean tea wise i think my most favorite teas already before the travels i knew it, it would I, I really like chinese and taiwanese teas um but i think that i really got closer to the uh to like Shangpur, so to like the raw poor, because um, seeing all of the produ- production and seeing the people and so on was helping me a lot to understand this tea more and see why it's so important. And you can, if you go to China, you can also see that tea is not something which lives kind of in the periphery of mm. the culture, but it's it's present uh, in the in in the in the center of the culture, and it, it's yeah. That's why I think it's really good, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really crazy if you go to China and you see these, like, tea cities where, like, basically there are thousands mm-hmm. of tea shops and it's, it's just a completely different experience. And if you're a tea lover, you're just like, wow, it's all about tea here. It's like a wonderland, you know. 
and it's like the best tea ever I'm guessing. yeah i mean it's, it, it's still hard to find good tea if you just randomly go somewhere because mm -hmm. it's, it's it's like ordering randomly online some tea you know you never know what you get it's the same in china as well um china produces so much tea and some of it is really good and some of it is really bad it's the same like everywhere in the world i would mm. say so from that trip, did you um, make a lot of contacts with some vendors? Because you used to also have your own online tea store as well. Yeah, I'm, I, I had I had some contacts prior to my trip, um, and I was really lucky to to have started my Instagram. Um, yeah, almost a year before my trip, I think, or a year around before my trip, and I I got a lot of contacts in the tea community as well through Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, because so many people recommend someone and say if you're in this city please like visit this tea shop they're so great and so on so you get so many recommendations and I was sharing my journey on Instagram as well mostly and people were just saying yeah you should you should visit these people you should visit this tea house and so on so I, I had a lot of contacts which I contacted also already like a few weeks before I was coming to the area and so on and and yeah it was really great to to meet some people in person which I also already ordered from online before and so on. So this this was really great. And I mean, I met so many new people, so many, let's say, people which are not present in the Western, um, like, social media and so on in the Western market. Um, yeah. But the Chinese people are so kind and, like, so nice people. I got invited to so many um, dinners uh, at home nice. or at restaurants and so on. So That's really nice. So what happened with the tea shop? Was it uh, a bit too difficult to to maintain, or I know it is quite difficult to own a tea shop or online one. Yeah, I, I mean the idea was that we were like four um, four friends from actually from high school, and we were just in between like studying and our first jobs, and. We, we thought we can do it at a, at, at a site. And yeah, basically, as soon as we all started to be very involved in our work, I mean, I, I worked in this business consulting, so I, uh, I, I had uh, long working hours. Um, so basically, this was one of the reasons. Um, the other reason was, yeah, it's, it's a very fragmented market. Mm -hmm, There's so many yeah. tea shops out there. Um, having just an online present presence is sometimes um, can also be a bit frustrating because you don't meet your customers um, yeah and there are a few other factors also with suppliers um, so I think that basically there are two kinds of shops there are these shops who are located in, in China or in Taiwan and they're very close to the farmers and they ship from there so they, they get cheaper prices for, for buying tea and they can offer a better value maybe and then there are these more um, traditional shops, which are in Europe or in the, in the US, who source their tea through various sources, but they um, they have a different standing in some sense. And I think they cannot always offer the best qualities, but they have maybe different um, advantages in the sense that, okay, they, the teas mm -hmm. have maybe more pesticides checks and so on. And we were like in the middle and it was very hard to navigate. It's like, okay, we want this quality of tea, but yeah. uh, if you want to import them ourselves, we have to go through a lot of um, effort and so on. So I think at the end we realized, oh, it's so much work. It's so much more work than we expected to actually get the tea to, to Germany that, um, yeah, we, we didn't go on with it. I think 
from a financial point of view, it, we could have made it possible, but um, we realized that we put so much work into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Every four people, maybe they just enjoy tea instead. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a bit uh, the outcome. But it was a great time because I learned a lot or we learned a lot about tea. We, we had to uh, taste so many teas to, to choose them. So we started to do a lot of blind tasting. Um, we realized how a bias of certain suppliers could change your experience. So we did some funny tests and pranks on each other and so on. Uh, and it was, re it was, was really interesting um, this time. And I learned a lot because I was mostly in charge of sourcing the tea and the teaware. Um, so this was my yeah, my role in this tea shop, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. And your trip, uh, your nine months sabbatical, you've documented that on your YouTube channel. You've got some really nice videos on there. Mm -hmm. which I think the cinematography is perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, you have a YouTube channel too. Um, so you're quite active. You know, your Instagram is really good. Wonderful, fantastic photography, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I would like... Yeah, I think uh, YouTube is something I would like to do more. But I just realized that editing a video and being in front of the camera and so on, it's, it's a lot of work, so... Yeah, podcasting is a lot of work too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can realize, but if you have sound and video, uh, it gets maybe a bit more tricky. And then yeah. uh, I, I just have this very good routine about drinking tea and making the tea for myself but also for the camera and for the for my followers on instagram yeah that i i feel it's it's a great routine for me to once or twice a week in the evening uh, i set up my table I, i do a very nice setup i, I shoot my teas I, i i really take um effort to maybe drink the tea again for some tasting notes and so on so that's a very enjoyable process and i realized that i can do that with this enough joy to to actually keep it keep on going um making tea reviews every week so um that sense i was concentrating most on the mostly on instagram youtube is uh something which i would love to do more but i i'm unfortunately not uh, able to make too many videos mm -hmm. during my trip it was also hard you know you're on the go i had my laptop with me but you know you're in some hotels and something and you want to edit the, the videos um it's Maybe you rather want to enjoy some tea at <laughs> night in some tea house in China, you know. Yeah, you think, oh, I have to go and edit now. You can drink yeah. tea until like 10, <laughs> 10 p.m. <laughs> so do you have any collabs in the future? Any YouTube videos, maybe tasting sessions? Anything coming up mm. in the pipeline? Right, right now, I don't have um, very concrete things in the pipeline, but um, because I, I'm, I'm trying to also keep the physical or the in-person aspect of tea also a bit in focus, which is very difficult these days. Um, I have some private tea sessions with friends from around the world, which I sometimes, yeah, once every six weeks or something, we just try to have a tea session. And it's not always only about tea, but, okay. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good routine. It's sometimes nice to be not so much online right now because also my working day is basically in front of um, yeah. Google Meet and uh, and Zoom and so on. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be staring at the screen all day long. Exactly, yeah. I, I understand that 100%. So you also do some tea tasting 
sessions mm-hmm. at Life Fufu Tea Salon. Exactly, yeah. I, I, That's in Munich, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, um, you, you already had a session with Jin. Uh, yes, we will do another sessions. one. We're going to do another one about Korean tea. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, this was actually, um, I mean, this would have continued if there wouldn't have been Corona. Um, I started it basically a few months before Corona started. And I, I had maybe four sessions in total or five okay. now. And it, it was really aiming for an introduction into tea and the different kinds of tea and so on it was like i call it the journey of tea it was a mix between an introduction and somehow telling a bit the story and experience i have on on my travels or ahead of my travels um but i i think it was um was really interesting to see how people reacted to the first time drinking white tea or the first time um really understanding what tea is um i think there's a lot of work to be done um generally to educate people about Definitely. the tea plant and about tea because it's it's a bit of yeah yeah blank page for a lot of people definitely there's a lot of work that needs to be done yeah and how often did you do that um tea tasting workshops this was on a monthly basis so it was monthly okay I scheduled the, the the appointments always a few a few months ahead and yeah. I think I think having a space and uh, like a tea house like uh, or a tea shop like Jin has it's great because you know people are also in this atmosphere they can see the, the different teaware on display they can ask questions um, and so on so even the breaks in between the teas were kind of like very productive for them because they could just have a look around and yeah yeah it was a really nice space the um, Life Fufu tea shop at the back. Nice yeah, I must say that I've been the the previous owner of Life Fufu. Um, Pei, she was from Taiwan. Uh, she actually founded the shop, and she was also giving tea tastings before uh, or tea ceremonies like Jin does now. And this was also one of the first times I I got really introduced more hands on into tea culture because this was one of the first places I, I could find information about tea here in Munich um, because you do always so much online but you always search for some kind of like knowledge which is like mm-hmm. not not some blog article and I think it's very important to find these people in your area to to learn from them directly very true and she was one of my my tea teachers basically I could say pay the the previous owner of Leifufu because we also did some one-on-one sessions sometimes basically she had a small group of people and um, um, she was giving us some yeah aesthetic advice and so on because we were all basically on the level we could brew tea in a gaiwan and gong fu cha we knew about uh, brewing tea but like helping us to like lift the aesthetic uh, setup and so on of our tea sessions and so on a bit a bit higher mm-hmm yeah. So they haven't continued to do it online, the virtual session? No, I don't think um, right now there's anything going on online, uh, unfortunately, in, in Munich. I mean, it's... Um, I thought about... I also been thinking about some concepts for the online space, but I think somehow the availability and you know like all the technology you need needs a bit more investment in the beginning in the sense not of money but you have to invest into 
like learning new new skills to 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 deliver this mm -hmm. experience online because it's all about aesthetics as well and yes yes so uh, you were also involved with the Berlin Tea Festival in 2019. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was not actually a part in the open open part of it. I, I was selling a bit of my teaware, but I wasn't was not an official oh, vendor okay. or something because I don't, I'm not selling tea. But um, there was basically one day before where we had the tea, the German tea industry, basically, or the specialty tea vendors in Germany. They had a meeting. And there were different talks, and I was actually giving a talk about the German tea market. It was quite interesting, also the feedback. Um, I mean, I have this background in tea, at, at least a bit in selling tea, and then I have my business consulting background. So this was kind of a, a good fit. Um, so I presented some market data, which I well, which I basically did the research on myself and I also made a small survey to find out mm -hmm. okay what are people actually drinking in Germany and what stage of their tea journey are they what are they looking for in tea uh, what's their main motivators drinking tea and so uh, so thing such things and that was quite interesting to see I think also for um, the tea vendors and yeah I also made a small survey asking the tea vendors their their experience yeah what do you think um, about the tea culture in Germany? Is it quite healthy? I think it's healthy, but it's... I think it is, yeah. It still needs a bit of um, kind of... There's, there's still a long way to go to like try to educate people a bit more, I think, about tea. Um, I mean, uh, there's a very like stark comparison you could do with wine. Yes. If you, if you go into a wine, sh uh, into a wine shop, um, there's all these bottles and you know, oh, this is like a... a vineyard in in italy in that area and so on and it's this grape and so on so normally if you go in a specialized shop people can really tell you a lot about the wine whereas in in a tea shop it's more like oh there's a massive can of tea and it's just written like, gunpowder on it or something i mean if you just picture that in a wine shop it would mean oh they have some like five big barrels in the back of their shop and it just says oh this is the red one this yeah. is the white one or this is china red or something and in that sense it's um it's a bit exaggerated obviously but mm. this is a bit of the where we're coming from and i think that there's a, a still a lot of yeah opportunities and there's a lot of things which we still have to do as like the tea community and the tea industry or specialty tea industry to to educate uh, people because only that can make yeah. this like also grow a bit more sustainable in some sense mm -hmm. and people like yourself yeah people might like myself exactly like i think yeah um i think everyone has to a lot of the tea vendors i think they have to be also a bit more transparent um this was also like kind of the outcome of my talk in the berlin tea festival we have to educate basically like create this kind of a bit of a connoisseur um, I mean, not everybody has to become a connoisseur, but like just yeah. people have to be, know a bit more about tea and about taste and so on. And then you have to be very transparent. And these two things can lead to, yeah, like basically a tea drinker or consumer who can decide, ah, I like this tea because ABC, um, I, I pay that much money for this tea because um, it's grown in this and this style and it's a lot of effort to do it. And, and only those people can then be convinced to actually also spend the money on some uh, maybe mm -hmm. uh, a premium tea or something. So I think this is uh, these two like ingredients which we really need to work on. Yeah, it's like the coffee industry as well. They're quite um, 
clued up on educating the masses about you know different coffee beans from different areas of the world and things like that so yeah exactly like they have their different roasts the different beans they have their um different styles of making the coffee um like you know like even on the package they say oh this is better for mm, um yeah yeah for french press or for mocha this one is better for um full automat or like the automated um um brewing machines and so on so i think in tea this is slowly coming as well but it's not mainstream yet no not yet not yet but we're getting there slowly slowly yeah yeah definitely and the tea community is really really nice people i think they're really um helping each other from what I, my experience you know everyone's really lovely and happy to talk to each other so yeah i think that the, that the tea community is very like almost everyone i met in the tea community uh just like super kind people like if it's in china or in india or if it's here in the west like it's always some special people you meet or some like very kind people and um i think i never made a bad experience with tea people basically it's it's just a very nice community yeah and they're willing to share exactly yeah that's the main thing so marcel do you have any um events coming up or anything else coming up this year um i have i'm i'm, I'm working currently on some ideas but it's not yet the time to, to, to not not out there yet um, but I will start, yeah, importing some more teaware, and as soon as it's possible to actually start with tea tastings again or some kind of formats to learn about tea in a in a physical space, I really want to continue that because it also gives back a lot to me, and I um, I think I also learn more um, every time because there are different questions coming up. You know, it's it's just like you know you teach your kids. They also teach you, and that's the same way with everything, you know, like if, if you teach about something, you learn much more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So you won't, you're not interested in any online events, really? That's not your thing? I think it's, um, I'm, I always have a, a bit of a, yeah, yeah, I feel like, oh, I have to plan something, you know, like setting up a podcast like this. Um, I think it would be really interesting for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a few contacts, which I can definitely, could definitely do that. I didn't... Um, you have the following for it. Exactly. I, I didn't start um, any Instagram lives yet. But um, this is something which I'm definitely looking into. I also thought about yeah. doing a just like a casual tea session, maybe on Zoom with, yeah, through my mailing list or something. Just like say, okay, it's, it's, it's COVID. We, we want to have just some nice tea. Yeah. And maybe there could be also some kind of community tea sharing before happening. So like maybe some people can like, oh, I have 50 grams of this tea. Let's send it out to some other people. So maybe we have a bit of a reference. We can drink the same same tea. That, that would be great. Um, there's so many things I'm doing right now that I'm <laughs> always, oh, yeah, I have to do step by step, <laughs> you know. So let's see. Yeah, because we don't know how long this is going to last, this corona. Hopefully the latest March. I hope no longer than that, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that the lockdown uh, will stop by then traveling. Let's see. But I think in March or in, in summer, at least, we can meet outside and have tea. Yes, for sure. And that's something which I also really do a lot with my friends in summer. We go out to the river. We we get out some either gas, gas burner or some uh, like charcoal stove. Uh, my friend has one really nice one and then we just spend all day at the river talk and drink uh, and drink tea yeah 
Um, and also Corona, I wanted to ask, which is a bit of a stupid question, I guess. How has Corona affected you positively and negatively? Mm, I think in some sense it, it, it helps me to concentrate more on, on some things like um, my, my pottery. I think I basically started my pottery in, in the Corona time. And, and or selling my pottery basically I mean I, I'm doing it much longer but like really that I have this kind of releases happening and so on I think yeah I mean you have more time for small projects because you spend less time um, on parties or uh, dinners and so on because you can't do it anymore but at the same time I think it's also yeah yeah it's it's very tiring um like being at home and leaving the house like only for like errands and going for a walk and, and not going to your office or not going to a tea shop and just say, okay, I'm going to hang out here and drink some tea for a few hours or something like that. So this, I think everybody hopes that it's just over in two months and we can go back to something. Even though we're now so comfortable that we are like, yeah. oh, I have to leave the house tomorrow. Oh, I didn't plan this. <laughs> Uh, now when I, when I go to the office I feel like oh it's a lot of work you have to like find all your things your laptop and so on and you have to yeah. uh, it's, it's just uh, um, it's a different different life we're living right now compared to a year ago so I think that's all my questions for today Marcel where can people contact you as well where are you visible so mostly uh, on my Instagram I mean I, I mostly try to answer all my messages um, so people can just write me on Instagram um, or they can contact me on my website um, or my email my website is uh, t-log.com uh, I also have a mailing list on there so if somebody's interested in let's say physical tea seminars or interested in pottery releases and so on um, I'm doing it exclusively right now through this mailing list so that's um, because if it's just out there it's 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 a bit unfair for those people who wait so I, th I try to keep it a bit like that and yeah through my Instagram t.lock um, I think that's the best way my, my main, main channels mm -hmm. you're not on Facebook I'm on Facebook as well but I'm not very active on Facebook unfortunately I'm trying to keep my like digital load a bit to the minimum um, so sometimes it's better for your own Tea, 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 private tea sessions is better if you don't have too many uh, devices and too many messages and so on. Uh, and you're also on YouTube as well, which is tea, um, tea Log, yeah? Exactly, it's also tea Log. not even sure what's the... Uh, I think the channel is just named tea okay. Log without any... Uh, just with a space in between, you know, exactly. I'm also on, um, on Facebook, but mostly on Instagram, and I have also two Instagrams, like... I created two different uh, accounts because one is about tea and reviewing tea and the other one is about the pottery I mm -hmm. personally made because people sometimes get confused because I'm making ceramics but I'm posting about all kinds of teaware and so on. Mm -hmm. So people who are interested in the teaware which I produce here in Munich, they should go on the Marcel Kacha account. So it's it's Marcel uh underscore Kasia uh, on Instagram but you can also find me through the other Instagram it's linked basically do you get uh, any special commission pottery work um I, I got a few requests till now I'm not really open for special commissions because I want to focus on my own style and own work but definitely maybe for the future this is something right now 
I'm trying to focus more on like developing new new personal styles of my own. So I'm just sometimes in the flow and then I create something new and then I next time I try to replicate certain pieces because I know that people are really want a certain style because they're like, oh, last time I couldn't get this one. It was so nice. And then I, okay, trying to fulfill people's wishes. Yeah, now you do make some really lovely stuff. So I'm going to try and get in there quickly next time I see your... <laughs> Yeah. Work. Like, yeah, I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think next time would be March or, or end of February. I, I hope that I can uh, put put a, f a big load or at least like uh, a few pieces out again. Nice, nice. Well, Marcel, thank you very much for being a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for 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 this interview. Basically, you made it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out Marcel's website and Instagram pages and make sure to follow or reach out to me via Instagram. Share the episodes out to fellow tea heads. I'm sure they would appreciate that. So would I. And on that note, happy tea drinking. I'll be back again next week with another interesting tea guest. So until then, see ya.